the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, November the 4th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, on November 4, 1979, the Iran hostage crisis began. Militants stormed the United States Embassy in Tehran. They seized its occupants. For some of them, it was the start of 444 days of captivity. You may remember that because on the day that Ronald Reagan took office, Iran said, we will release them, and they did. Jimmy Carter had tried and tried and tried to get them released. He'd even tried to sneak in there in the middle of the night with some of our troops to release them, and that failed due to, I think, high winds in the desert and blowing sand and whatever. But they knew when Reagan took office that he was not going to be pushed around like the previous president, Jimmy Carter, had been. They released the hostages, the day that Reagan walked into the Oval Office. Today in 1842, Abraham Lincoln married Mary Todd in Springfield, Illinois. Today in 1862, inventor Richard Gatling, he received a U.S. patent for his rapid-fire Gatling gun. Today in 1922, the entrance to King Tut's tomb was discovered in Egypt. Today in 1980, Republican Ronald Reagan won the White House. He defeated President Jimmy Carter by a strong margin. Today in 1991, Ronald Reagan opened his presidential library in Simi Valley, California. It was interesting that in attendance that day, today in 1991, were five past and present U.S. chief executives or presidents. President George H.W. Bush, former presidents Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford, and Richard Nixon. That was the first time that five presidents or former presidents of the United States had been together in one place at the same time. Today in 2008, Democrat Barack Obama was elected the first black president of the United States. Are we racist? I don't think so. Today in 2008, California voters approved Proposition 8. It was a constitutional amendment outlawing same-sex marriage, overturning a state Supreme Court decision that gave gay couples the right to marry. The people of California said, no, they don't have the right to marry. Marriage is given by God, and it's between a man and a woman, a male and a female. It's very clear. God instituted Marriage, it is an institution of God. We can say that we have redefined it. We can say that it's different than what God said, but it is what it is, and it is what God said it is. Marriage is only the coming together of one man and one woman. That's marriage. We can fiddle with it all we want, and certainly Barack Obama fiddled with it. He undermined it to the point that it became sort of accepted across the country, legally at least. 
Joe Biden always took credit for having influenced Barack Obama to come out on the issue. I mean, he said that multiple times. So I guess it was Joe Biden's leadership, or lack thereof, that brought us to a point where we are now on this issue of same-sex marriage. It is it has become so so ingrained, so woven into the culture now that I I, I see people and I see us collectively not not responding, merely passively accepting it as a norm. That bothers me because God does not accept that as a norm. And what God does not accept, we should not accept. I don't care if it's 2021 or 1776. It doesn't matter. God is God, and his word is his word. It never, ever changes. And that's good news because God's word says, Psalm 4, 8, chapter 4, verse 8 of Psalms. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. That's probably not a verse that we have memorized or we hear often, but it is the Lord speaking to our hearts today. I read, I do a lot of research for this program, as you can imagine, and I read a lot of stuff, and I always see these articles. They're just all the time how how the the anxiety and, and fear and so on is spiked in America. And I, I understand why. I mean, we all know why. Things, too many things are out of control. But in the Lord, we can have peace. We can even sleep. And it isn't, it isn't just Psalm chapter 4, verse 8. Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 24. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt not that thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep will be sweet. Don't you like it when you get a good night's rest, you just sleep through the night? Man, that's great. Well, the Lord is with us, regardless of what's going on in the culture. Hebrews chapter 4 reminds us of that. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said. As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Be at peace. Do not be frightened, driven by anxiety or fear, because God is in control. That is the rest that we have. It isn't like denial that things aren't going to hell in a handbasket in our culture. They are. They have been. But God is in control. He allows certain things And what he does not allow will not happen. God is in control. Never, ever forget that. And God wants us to be informed. So we can be informed, but not panic-stricken. This morning, about an hour ago, President Joe Biden's administration warned, (laughs) warned that they have, there will be planned inspections of businesses and heavy fines, and they are heavy, against businesses who do not comply with a new coronavirus vaccine mandate that's set to take effect January 4th. He said he put it off, his spokesman said this morning, they put it off till January 4th to help 
employers who need people over the holidays, particularly he's talking about Thanksgiving and Christmas. But on January 4th, this new um, this new this new intrusion by President Biden takes effect. A senior Biden official was talking to the reporters. It's just been an hour or so ago. Um, he said they have the planned enforcement measures, and um, they're they're going they're leveling an occupational safety and public health requirement for businesses with over a hundred employees to get them vaccinated for the coronavirus or test unvaccinated employees weekly and require them to wear masks and so on. We will also be having some programmed or planned inspections where we uh, do go to the workplaces to check to make certain that the workplace is in compliance with the rule. The officials said they will focus much of their vaccine mandate enforcement efforts on employers where employees have complained about their employers. Boy, that sets up uh, an interesting situation, doesn't it? So that's what we're looking at. Happy New Year, January 4th. Boy, things are changing. Dinesh Souza wrote an article this morning. He's a brilliant guy. He wrote an article this morning. It's titled, The Tide Has Turned. Not is turning, but it has turned. He said, we're seeing here, not just in Virginia, but across the country, a repudiation. Let's call it a great reset. It's almost like the country's taking note. The tide has turned, and it's gratifying for us. It shows us that our instinct, that all of this craziness, that the Biden people are out of line, is now being seconded by the American people. He's talking about the results of Tuesday's elections. He said, Dinesh Souza said, he's a brilliant guy. It's a long article. I'm just giving you a few words of what he said. The melees of the first part of 2021 is beginning to dissipate. Some of us were beginning to feel that we were really losing our country and that the American people, if they were not okay with it, seemed indifferent to it. But on Tuesday, uh, D'Souza says, the American people have basically said, don't count us out yet. Cal Thomas, one of the most highly, has been the high, most highly um, syndicated columnist. And I've known Cal in the past. I've interviewed him on television. He's a, he's a great guy. I haven't had any contact with him in recent years. But he's a, he's a deep thinker. And he's got a pretty good grasp on what's going on. He wrote an article this morning that was published around the country. And Cal says, Youngkin's victory goes beyond Virginia. And Ben Shapiro, I don't, Ben is, I think Ben is Jewish, isn't he? I don't, he's not a Christian, but he's a real strong conservative and a brilliant mind. He wrote an article today as well as published around the country. It says the red wave and the Democrat suicide strategy. That's his article. And it talks about that in some depth. Uh, as I said, he, all of these people, brilliant people who have a handle on what's going on in our country. Thank you for your support of this ministry. Uh, we need it. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, faithandfreedom.us, and you can contribute there. I would encourage you to do so, and thank you in advance. We do need your help. Virginia looked over their collective shoulders on Tuesday. They turned back to the old ways. I had to think of the prophet Jeremiah. I didn't know him personally, but I've gotten to know him by reading what he wrote. You have too, I'm sure, if you read your Bible. 
But it was Jeremiah who spoke of the old ways, the old paths. I had a feeling that Virginia, and as these guys that I just mentioned and others, many others, who have a clear look at what is happening in the culture, some of them Christians that I've just quoted, there's a sense that maybe there is a bit of a, an awakening or a wakening up in America after Tuesday's election. Virginia seemed to be the point of the spear, but there were other repercussions across America. People are sick and tired of what's happening in this country. You're not the only one that feels that way. Uh, trust me. And sometimes, have you ever found yourself thinking, is it just me? I mean, I do this every day on the radio, live. We originate. And we talk about what's going on in our culture from a biblical point of view. And yet sometimes I think, am I the only one that feels like this? And then I read your notes, and I'm not. And thank you uh, for those as well. We need your support, but your notes are very encouraging. But I think all of us ask ourselves sometimes, is it just me? I mean, or is this so crazy? It's almost I mean, you can't already define some of the stuff that's going on. And if you say it out loud, you almost think people are going to think, I've got the problem, not what's going on in the culture. Anyway, if we take a closer look at the leaders in Virginia and who Virginia chose for their two highest offices and other offices downstream as well, you can see that people are beginning to say, you know, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to choose a different path. And I think that's what we're seeing today. Not only is the old paths, as they, as Jeremiah called them, Jeremiah's message, but it was the message of our founding fathers in America as well, and I'll come back to that later. A majority of Americans, 72%, believe that the left's cancel culture is out of control. of evangelicals believe that God has granted America kind of a special role in history. I don't think they think, I don't know what they think, but they say that they feel that America has a special role in history. Let me be very clear on that. I do not believe in replacement theology. There are those who teach, and there are preachers and pastors who teach from the pulpit, that God, that Israel failed, God sent his son. They did not accept his son, Jesus Christ, which they did not. So therefore, God has removed them, and some teach, and some cults call themselves Christians. They teach that God has raised up America to replace Israel. I don't believe that. I don't think it's biblical. It isn't biblical. And so let me be very clear on that. But I do believe that God has used America and has blessed America for special purposes and for his for his causes. And there are those that that just, I mean, they can hardly hear someone say what I just said. I mean, they can't handle that kind of truth. But it is true. God has blessed America, and we have blessed the world in so many ways. Well, that doesn't fit with wokeism, that's for sure. And their so-called gospel of the progressive left. But Tuesday seemed to be a turning point. Virginia turned back to the old ways of our founding fathers, including Virginians like George Washington and Patrick Henry and Thomas Jefferson and James Madison and George Mason, all from Virginia. Voters cheered and celebrated their strong showing when Yunkin, 
telling a cheering crowd of supporters that this is the spirit of Virginia coming together like never before. Well, that is the spirit of Virginia because some of our founding fathers were from Virginia. Even more importantly, they turned back by the voting, by what the voters in Virginia and across the country and a number of other states, what they did, they were turning back. Maybe they didn't articulate that or even think of it in that way, but they turned back to the old paths spoken of by the prophet Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest, peace for your souls. Tuesday, Virginia turned toward finding rest for their souls. Virginians have suffered through a former governor, Northam, he's a medical doctor, no less, explaining how a newborn baby, remember that? I talked about it on this program, it was in the news. This doctor, Governor Northam, explained on the on radio, I think it was uh, WTOP out of Washington, D.C., but on a big talk radio station there, he explained to the listeners how, as a doctor, how that when a baby is, is born but the mother hasn't decided whether she wants to abort it or not, that the baby, I'm, I'm not overstating this, the baby is made comfortable on the table while the mother and her doctor discuss whether the child is wanted or the child should be aborted. Murdered is the correct word. He was barbaric in his advocacy of abortion. Virginia has been through that. They've been told recently by former Governor McAuliffe, who was running for a new term, their parents do not have the right to tell schools what they should teach their children or even question them. And have been linked to domestic terrorists because they went to the school board, uh, school board meetings to voice their concerns. McAuliffe told the state on Monday, before the election on Tuesday, that's how blind these people are. He told the state that Virginia has too many white teachers. Why would he say that? Just to stir up racism because these people believe that somehow America is attracted to their version of, of America, which is, is tear it down and rebuild it. Barack Obama said, you know, remake. Biden uses reset. I mean, they use different words, but it all means the same thing. They're saying that George Washington and Patrick Henry and all these guys were dead wrong and we're going to take down this country and rebuild it from the foundations. Or for the most part, they don't even have a plan to rebuild anything. It's just a plan to destroy. And that's what progressivism does. That's what sin does. It destroys. It never builds. It may feel good for a moment, the Bible says, sin, but it's always destructive. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So Virginia turned away from this progressive path to the old proven ways of our founding fathers. Even to the words of the old ancient prophet Jeremiah. Who is this governor-elect, this Glenn Youngkin? Well, the Christian Post asked the same question just a while back because it looked like he was starting to rise in the polls, this young kid. As people got to know him, they were saying, yeah, he's a good guy. Well, he is. Christian Post. 
I'm going to tell you a little bit about what they found. They investigated. In fact, they sent a, a, a journalist out and traveled with as Youngkin and his wife and their kids, at least some of the time the kids were with him, on the campaign trail. So here's what they wrote. Just an overview. You can go to our website, faithandfreedom.us, and I wrote an article about him today about this. And there's more information than I will give on the radio today just for the sake of time. But anyway, the Christian Post was asking the same question. The journalist says, it was a a lady that she says she's been in journalism her whole life, and on uh, political journalism, and she's a Christian. And she says that she's been involved in political campaigns since she was old enough to get her nose up to the buffet line for more than five decades. She said, after spending time with Glenn Youngkin and his family on the campaign trail, quote, he is an exceptional candidate at an exceptional time in our nation's history. She says he often, during the campaign, shared his personal faith in Jesus Christ and often tells the story of how when he asked his wife to marry him, she said yes on one condition, that Jesus would be the center of their family. He says, I wanted to get married, so I said yes. Then he quickly adds, how his wife, Suzanne, revolutionized his life with her example and her Christian faith. It sounds like maybe he was a Christian, sort of, when he married her. And now he's deeply committed because she was deeply committed. She said, I will marry you if Jesus is the center of our marriage and our family. This journalist also notes that one day on the campaign trail, she said she saw Glenn step aside. He was talking to people in the crowd. He stepped aside from the crowd with a lady whom he'd been talking with, and she says he put his hand on her shoulder and began to pray fervently for this woman. She said, I don't know what he was. they were talking about, but I watched that happen as he privately prayed for her with his hand on her shoulder. She said he has an unwavering commitment to the sanctity of life, strongly opposed to abortion and deeply concerned for the unborn and the elderly. His professional resume, Christian Post says, shows he is a true leader. He grew up in a middle-class family in Virginia Beach. He's tall at six foot seven inches, but it was his long hours of basketball practice that allowed him to attend Rice University on a full scholarship. He then attended Harvard, earning an MBA, ranking at the top of his class in Harvard. He has 25 years of professional business experience. He was CEO until just recently, of a company with assets more than four times that of Virginia, the state, their annual budget. The company he ran had four times the assets that the state of Virginia annual budget has. His accomplishments are exhaustive. I mean, they go on and on. I won't even attempt to read all of them, but he says his greatest titles are husband and father. He and Suzanne have four wonderfully adjusted children, the Christian Post says, and they have spent time with him. Youngkin's personal worth is said to be about $400 million. He's not a poor man. He's been very successful. I heard his wife say at a rally just this past week on video, I was watching it. She said he told her he felt a calling in his heart. I know I knew what that meant, to step away from business and run for governor of the state where they were born and raised. He said, I just feel, she she was explaining what her husband told her. She said, at first I said, Glenn, we better re, re, rethink this. Uh, she said, I was thinking, man, do we want to go down that path? 
But he said, I feel a calling in my heart to run for governor and to step away from business. And he did. And he will. That's just a profile of who is the new governor of that state. You say, well, I don't live in Virginia. Well, I know that. I don't either. But but there is a turning in America toward these kinds of values. This won't happen in every state, but there is. I, I sense it in my heart, but I'm not the only one. There are others. I've mentioned a few of them. Cal Thomas and and Ben Shapiro, who is not a Christian, but he's very conservative, and, and others. They're sensing the same thing. There, there's, a, there's a sense of people have reached the breaking point, and they've said, I've had enough. You're not the only one. Who is the new governor, lieutenant governor-elect? In Virginia, Let me tell you just a little bit about her. She spoke early Wednesday morning to celebrate her victory alongside Governor-elect Youngkin. She told the crowd, she said, I am living the American dream. And she doesn't see America as racist. She said, America is not racist. It's a land of opportunity. Winsome is black. She was tried. She was tired after a long campaign. But she thanked the people and she said, I've got to thank God for winning this election. She said she's a graduate of Regent University, which is associated with it. was founded by Pat Robertson by, by with the 700 Club. She's a graduate of that with a master's degree in organizational leadership. She says, God and a good education lifted me up. And she's this governor-elect Yunkin, she said, he and I are focused on fixing the educational system in Virginia, among other issues. She said, I joined the Marine Corps as a woman, a black woman, she said, because I love this country so much. She's from Jamaica. And she said, I love this country so much, I was willing to die for this country. That's, that's the person that they elected in blue Virginia to be lieutenant governor. She talked on about it. She's very open about her faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, it was very open. She said when she finished, she was obviously tired. She said she'd gotten two hours sleep the night before. She said, God bless you. She said, me and my ragtag staff, uh, she said, we worked tirelessly. She said, we ran an impossible, improbable campaign. But God was exactly with us. Otherwise, we would have never made it. And so I want to finish up by thanking you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How sweet it is. In a survey out yesterday, Rasmussen Report found that 72% of Americans say cancel culture and wokeism is out of control. People are sick of it. A public religion research institute poll found that 72% of evangelicals believe God has granted America a special role in history. I mentioned that earlier. The same poll found that 74% of all Americans, including 92% of Republicans, and 67% of Democrats believe that America has always been a force for good in the world. This is a recent poll. We don't believe what these leaders are advocating every day, and the media makes it look like we all agree with them. We don't. And there's growing, there's growing rejection of this whole wokeism, this whole secular progressivism and all of that. Equality is a God-given right. It's embedded in our Constitution. Equity is a man-made attempt at, subver- at subverting God's ways and becoming a God ourselves. That's the problem that we have. Winsome Sears and Glenn Youngkin are an example of God's old paths that are better than the progressives' new paths. In Jeremiah's day, he asked, will you return to the old paths? 
The next verse in Jeremiah says, but they said, we will not walk therein. I think America is standing at a fork in the road, and we're hearing Joshua shout to us, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.